Have you ever heard the saying that 20% of the people do 80% of the work? I have found that to be absolutely true in my leadership journey. Retaining top talent on your team is going to be critical to the present and the future success of your team. Today, we're going to be discussing key strategies to ensure you retain and engage your top talent. This is the Champion Forum Podcast with Jeff Hancher, the forum for leaders, champions, and dreamers. A healthy economy is a good thing, but it also presents challenges when it comes to retaining top talent. With the labor market heating up like it is, how do you ensure you're not losing experienced employees faster than you're able to get good ones back in? It's time to make sure that you can improve employee retention and reduce employee turnover, specifically in the areas of your top talent, because it is so true. And if you've been leading people any length of time, you know the 80-20 rule is absolutely in effect in most cases. High turnover can lead uh, to an organization going from producing very, very great results to very, very poor results. High turnover can be extremely poor for an organization, but it's crippling if you aren't able to retain your best people. It goes from bad to worse if you can't keep top talent. A company's success is going to be rooted in their employees' talents, as well as their ability to capitalize on each of their employees' individual and unique strengths. And that's really, really important is to know that although you're leading an organization, you're leading a team, you are leading individuals. If you've been a hiring manager, you know getting great talent is not easy, and it's fought over in the marketplace. People that know that they're good, competition is coming from everywhere to snatch up good people. Most of the time, these are very passive candidates too. It's not like you know they got their resume out there on LinkedIn. Typically, they're employed and they're being hunted. So we can't be naive in our organizations as leaders to not think that our top talent is being recruited. What we have to be thinking about, what are we doing to engage, endear, and keep them on our team? So I want you to be thinking about, do you have a strategy in place to safeguard your organization from losing top talent? So I'm going to be running through today some key components that I believe are critical I'm going to be sharing some stories to ensure that you have the right strategy in place to get this done. I have lost top talent. It's painful. Uh, But thankfully, overall, I've been able to retain most of the top talent throughout my career, helping them succeed, helping them get to other levels. But I have lost great people. And I can tell you, it stings like nothing else. So whether you're a large corporation or you're a startup or you're, you're an entrepreneur, maybe with a small organization, this is going to be essential to your success. It doesn't matter what level you are. Matter of fact, you could argue the smaller your business, the far-reaching impact this has if you lose somebody key to your organization. So the first thing that I want you to do whenever you're thinking about retaining top talent is recognize individuality. Recognize that all top talent is not created equal. Every person is different. And it's essential as a leader to begin understanding what drives your individual top performers. What makes them tick? What makes them think? You know, what, what's that fire in their belly? 
It's often assumed that top talents aspire to the same goals. They're motivated in the same way and that they all have identical needs. However, there is nothing farther from the truth. I've had the privilege to leading many, many great peak performers. I've experienced the widest variety of personalities, goals, and things that motivate people than, than you can even imagine. As a result, I've stopped making these kind of assumptions a long time ago about, hey, they probably like this, or they probably like that, or they probably think this, or they're probably motivated by that. I've stopped doing that altogether. You know, I remember one time I was taking on a new team, and I, I was now getting one of the best performers in the entire company. I mean, this person had all the trophies, had broken all the corporate records, you name it. I mean, this guy was a baller. I mean, best of the best. Everybody was giving me their opinion on, on what made this person go. Like, you know, hey, they like this. They, they want to do that. They, they would tell me, Jeff, you know, this person, they're, they're so money motivated. They just want everyone to stay out of their way and let them perform and do what they do with very little leadership involvement. Just, just give them a long leash and let them go. You know, I, I reviewed their results. And, and I'm telling you, I mean, impressive. And, and there I was, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to do whatever it takes to ensure they're happy with their work. Keep, just keep producing at that level. Like, what's your snacks? You know, uh, let me hook you up, like whatever it takes without getting too far out of bounds. However, I finally had a chance to meet this person live in a private discussion. And there I was, M- folks, I could not help myself. Despite everything everybody told me not to do, I could not help myself. I began asking questions like, hey, do you aspire to do more or take on different positions in the company? Hey, do you feel like you've reached your fullest potential? Do you feel like you're as good as you could be? I got to tell you something. This guy was looking at me like I had three heads. This is the guy that had broken corporate records. Everybody knows my name. Tremendous brand. Not only was he good at results, he was, he was very well-rounded. The body language that he gave me was like, uh, didn't somebody tell you about me? Like, I'm kind of a big deal around here. Why are you asking me these questions? Just leave me alone. If you're striving to have a good employee retention plan, you cannot rely on a one-size-fits-all strategy. You just can't do it. It's going to be critical that you adapt your coaching needs to each individual. That's why I couldn't help myself but to have this conversation with this peak performer. Are are your peak performers motivated by attaining results? Or or is it by their desire to help others? Do they like mentoring people? Or do they like just uh, having their name on top of the stack ranking? They love the recognition. Do they have this, you know, maybe this thirst for learning? Or, or they just want to do their job and be left alone? Some people, they just want to continue to be developed and learn. That doesn't always mean that they want to be promoted. That means they want to keep getting better at what they're doing. And there are those people that are like, look, I'm going to keep crushing this thing. Just get out of my way. Let me go. Like, get me away from everybody else. Let me do my thing. They want to be left alone. Are, are they asking? Are, they're not going to ask. Most times, peak performers are not going to tell you or, or ask you uh, questions. Or, or sometimes they'll even hesitate. You have to know, like, what are their strengths? What is it that makes them great? What aspects of their personality that could maybe use some more work? Are they really, are they the best? 
Or have they reached their fullest potential? That's why I asked that peak performer that question. Do you feel like you could get better? Like, I'm already the best. Like, what do you want from me? That wasn't my intention. It wasn't that I wanted more results at all. His results were fine. What I wanted to make sure that he was reaching his potential. Because being the best at something isn't really impressive if you haven't reached your fullest potential. Once you've reached your fullest potential, now I'm impressed. I'll do, I'll do a couple cartwheels for you, but not until then. And that's why I asked the question, like, can you get better? Is there more left in the tank? You have a little more runway? Because look, I would love to be a part of that. Are they satisfied with their job? Well, Jeff, how could they not be satisfied? I mean, they're, they're the highest wage earners. They get all the trophies. They get all the trips. They got the W-2. What do you mean are they satisfied with their job? Folks, they might be bored. Been there, done that. I mean, I've done it eight years in a row. What else is there? Like, this thing's on cruise control. Not to say it's easy, but they got it figured out. What are their needs? What are their goals? A big, big mistake that many leaders make is to assume that because these folks, th these people, they're so successful, they would never leave. These folks are like, you know, just let them go. They're so good at what they do, they would be out of their mind to ever leave. Look at what they're getting for what they're putting into it. And so as leaders, sometimes we just kind of peel off of that peak performer, that top performer. But I'm going to tell you this. I would argue in many cases the top talent in the organizations are the ones that get the least amount of attention. Why is that? This is typically due to the fact that they're independent performers and they need very little of your coaching. They've already, they have already arrived. And so you're not spending time on them. You know, we get so busy taking care of the B and C players that we forget where our bread is buttered. These are the folks that are pushing 80% of our success, and we're over there putting all of our time into the B and C players. And look, I'm all about bring the bottom up. Absolutely bring the bottom up. But I'm going to tell you, you can lose like five C players to one A player. You got to give these A players some love. Make sure that you're being intentional about asking the right questions that will put you in the best position as a leader to lead your top people. The second thing to do with these peak performers is have career path discussions. This is important. Again, don't make assumptions that they don't want to do anything else. Sit down with your employees periodically for career path discussions. These are free. They cost you nothing. All your, it's just an investment of time. They're very easy to implement, and they're available to every leader. You can do this with everybody on your team. You have to do this with your top performers. When I went through this exercise that I'm telling you about with the top performer I referenced early, earlier in the, in the episode, the unthinkable began to happen. This guy said the L word. The L word. He said he was thinking about taking a path towards leadership. What? Say it isn't so. Who saw that coming? Not me. Not, not anybody. I began to make so many deposits, as many as I could, to prepare him for this opportunity. You talk about somebody that earned the right to be developed into whatever it is that they wanted to do. I was all in, and I was excited about it. Now, Truth be told, I was kind of scared to death, too, because I'm like, man, if this guy ever gets promoted, how in the world am I going to make up the number? But look, it's a people-first uh, business. That's how leaders do it. We make people better. We help people accomplish what it is that they want to do. So wouldn't you know, it wasn't that long after the opportunity absolutely presented itself, and he went for it. He was awarded the position and thrived in the role. 
This guy found a new energy and a new challenge to stretch him and was more engaged than I had ever seen him before. It was so awesome to watch and be a part of this transition and these new skill sets that were just blossoming out of this guy that hadn't been tapped into maybe ever or, or in a long time. And yet, what did it come with challenges? Absolutely. You know, this was a whole new arena. This was a whole new landscape than what he was used to. But you could tell, like, this guy, was a, he's a winner. And so he liked that new challenge. He liked being stretched in a different way. And he's a conqueror. So he wanted more information, super coachable and thriving in the role. This type of discussion that you have with these top performers, the other thing it's intended to do is build confidence for them and create a plan to help get them to where they want to go. These discussions should be separate from an annual performance review. I cannot stress this enough. Sometimes we bundle all that up. Side note, tangent, if you're not doing performance reviews, you should start. However, these, these what I call developmental plans, they've got to be different uh, than a performance review. They've got to be something separate. Sometimes performance reviews can be looked at from the top performer or anybody on your team as another withdrawal. Uh, you're, you're there doing the performance review. You're telling them, hey, I need more of this from you. You got to get better in this area. You slipped here this year. We got to get better here next year. These career discussions should be seen as a deposit from your people, a game plan that you create and follow through on. You gain agreement from this top performer. Hey, this is where you said you want to go. These are your strengths. We're going to capitalize off those. These are your weaknesses. I'm going to give you the tools to get better there, whatever it might be. And you follow through. Help them set goals for advancement in your organization. Identify specific positions. And maybe they don't want promoted. Maybe they don't want another title. But you should at least be creating milestones for their development and define steps, specific steps to help them to achieve it. Point out to them any gaps where they're lacking skill and ways that they can address those. Sometimes this can be hard for a peak performer to hear. Well, why is that? Well, any of you that manage peak performers know sometimes it comes with a little drama. And I'm not stereotyping you peak performers out there. I was once a peak performer myself. But I will say sometimes they're a little more needy and they don't like getting the the criticism. So make sure that you're delivering it in a way that your team, your top performer knows I'm doing this because I care. And I'm doing this because I want you to be better. Determine, look around your organization, outside of your organization. Is there anybody around that can serve as a mentor to help that top performer get from where they are now to where they want to go? What resources are you going to provide to get them there? If you're a startup or a small company, you are not excluded from this. Maybe you don't have the ability to create new roles just yet. Maybe there's not a big org chart where you're at. However, You should be a visionary and ensure your people know where the business is going and how these top performers fit into that vision. I can tell you this, it wouldn't have been so bad to be on the the grassroots uh, hanging out with Steve Jobs whenever he was building a business in his garage. Uh, Can anybody agree with that? Like, man, this guy had some vision. Stick with me. We're going places. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm going to keep investing, and someday we're going to build an empire. Wow, that's exciting. You're not excused no matter what size your organization is. Get your top performers ready for, for where the business is going and how they will be a key contributor to the organization's future success. Close these conversations by asking about any concerns they have 
and how else you can help. What we don't want this conversation to be is lip service. You know, hey, how does that sound, top performer? Sounds great, boss. Can't wait to get started. We need agreement. We can't just have lip service. We need agreement that everybody agrees this is where we're going, this is the plan, and this is we're going to execute, and this is how we're going to do it. The best way to make sure that there's follow-up, set specific times to check in on this plan and on their development and the steps that they're taking to reach the next rung in their career ladder. If careful follow-up is not done, the top performer is going to see this as a nice gesture that you brought to them and a check in the box and nothing more. At that point, this will do more damage than good. Stay disciplined in constantly developing your best people. The next thing is show appreciation for their efforts. How's that for Mr. Obvious? This seems so obvious but can be overlooked, especially with top performers. They might have high tenure. A lot of top performers do. They have high tenure. They've been performing at a high level for years, for a long time. And some leaders just begin to see this as business as usual until that top performer walks out the door and then it's too late. Expressing gratitude to valuable employees can be an easy way to effectively communicate to them and motivate them. Top employees might start to feel taken granted. You're taking them for granted. You know, he just expects me to do this week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out. Just be the best. Be in the top 5% all the time. And they sometimes would get the feeling if this is you leading them this way, they're being lumped in with everybody else. I can assure you, they're not like everybody else. They are different. They are set apart. They are special. And I would never apologize to anybody about giving somebody that's earned the right a little bit of preferential treatment. So why should they perform on a higher level if nobody's even taking notice? Now, you might say, well, look, Jeff, I know my peak performer. They're not really, they're not really wired that way. You know, they could care less about the trophy. They just want the money. Say what you want. Absolutely keep paying them well uh, because you can't afford not to have them. But I will tell you this. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't like a thank you and an attaboy every once in a while. So you don't have to hand out expensive awards or, or big plaques or trophies all the time. But you can praise someone during a meeting, send it, send an appreciation email, or give some employee recognition uh, for a job well done. Uh, look, this is going to sound crazy to some of you, but listen, you got, you're never going to believe this. This is, this is mind-boggling. Sometimes I actually pick up the phone and I call someone for no other reason than to say thank you. Isn't that crazy? It's like I'm a psychopath. Who does that? In a day of email and texting and instant messaging, I feel like we've lost the human touch of gratitude for people. My kids, they think I'm, I'm a madman. You know, I mean, look, I can't even fathom how fast their fingers and thumbs move on these phones, to be honest. But I will suggest to them all the time, talk to them. Don't text them that. They'll tell me what they're talking about. I'm like, that's not a text. You got to call about that. And they'll say, Dad, nobody does that anymore. And that's when, you know what I say? That's exactly my point. Nobody does that anymore. They're right. Nobody does it. But you're not just anybody. You're a leader that is set apart for the others that is willing to invest in your people. That's you. 
you're willing to do it a little bit differently to show people that you care, to show people you have some gratitude for everything that they're doing to make your team win. I've also made it a practice to deliver handwritten notes on a quarterly basis to my top performers, and I've been doing this for years. You want to talk about crazy. A handwritten letter in the day and age that we're in? I mean, look, I could just FaceTime them. I could shoot them a video on their phone. No. I handwrite these letters on a quarterly basis to the the top performers on my team. It goes to their house. I And it, sometimes it's not even for them. It's because I want their significant others, their their wife, their husband, their uh their kids to know that they got somebody in their family that's doing well. And I want that person that reports to me to be proud of that. Some will respond back. Others don't. Don't let yourself become wrapped up in whether you get a thank you from people. That's not why you lead. You're not here to get a thank you. Focus on why you're doing it and the trust and the deposits that you're making and the impact that they're making over the long haul. The last point in retaining top talent. Ensure you have a healthy team environment. This is a very important element of retaining top talent is the team that they're on. Many people will stay at their jobs because of the people they work with. It's it's a fact. And this is a very important point. We have to understand that top talent is, I mean, it's very transferable. They can go anywhere. You know, within reason, these people are very marketable. And as the time I'm recording this podcast the market has never been more open. There aren't, I mean, look, there is way more jobs than there is talent to fill the jobs. And that means that companies are willing to pay even more than they ever have to get top talent. What are you doing to retain the top talent that you have? Top talent usually stays with the company because, uh, not, not because of the money. Because if it was the money, if they were truly motivated by money, they... Almost everybody listening to this podcast, if you spent any time on LinkedIn, you could find a job making more money. It's not about that. They can most likely make just as much or more money somewhere else. The environment that they are in will play a huge part in their decision to stay or to leave. These are the kind of people like if things go sideways a little bit, they get a bad boss or they're surrounded by a bunch of jerks on a team, they're out of here. Because one... They don't have to stay. They're very, their skills are very transferable. And this is a very important aspect that should not be neglected or overlooked by you, the leader. If a top employee is voicing concern about the culture of the team and you leave them alone in an unpleasant environment without any communication, without any foreseeable improvements of the situation, through some concrete action, they're gone. You will lose them. This is why it is critical to address any people on your team that is not culture fits. Now, frankly, this could this should be the case regardless of top performers. However, it goes without saying that the stakes are even higher when top performers are involved. When you even sniff that there is someone on the team that's not a culture fit, you had better take very swift and immediate action to correct or remove them from the team as quick as you possibly can. By holding on, uh, to these kind of people due to fear or the hope that they might get better, you are risking losing so much more. Move fast. Top performers will not stay in a toxic environment. It's a choice. They will be gone. 
So to recap the four items we discussed today that will put you in a much, much better position to retain your best people. One, recognize their individuality, not one size fits all. Two, have career path discussions. Don't make assumptions. These folks might want to go different ways. Number three, show appreciation for their efforts. Man, it's very obvious, but I am imploring you to be intentional with your gratitude for your peak performers. And the last thing, number four, ensure you have a healthy team environment. Listen, retaining peak performers is a strategy, and it it has to be executed consistently. The strategy needs to take the individual into account, as well as the leadership, as well as the work environment, and then adding a touch of gratitude. That's a great formula for retaining top talent. Without being intentional to retain and endear your top talent, your efforts will be in vain. The 80-20 rule is very, very real. Listen, I appreciate you listening today. Make sure you go to our website at thechampionforum.com. There you're going to find some show notes that you can review as you incorporate your own personal strategy into your leadership success. You can share these show notes with your team. It's a great refresher of the content that we deliver in each and every episode. You can also follow me on social media at the Champion Forum. If you'd like to contact me, you have questions or feedback, I can be reached at Jeff Hancher at the Champion Forum. Signing off from Champion Forum headquarters here at C-Squared. You know it. You have been set up to be a champion in this life. The Champion Forum podcast with Jeff Hancher. Lead. Inspire. Win. Win.